continuing in our series, The God of Miracles. Um, last week, we saw the God of the hills and valleys, about how the God is there with us. In, uh, in uh, Psalms 23, verse 4, it says, Yea, though walk through the valley of shadow of death. You are with me. God is with us when we are walking through difficult situations and circumstances in our life. And this week, we're looking at the God of miracles, the God who is with us and, and does great miracles for us. From God's, God of miracles vantage point, so this is from God's vantage point, a miracle is nothing extraordinary or unnatural. It's simply a divine display of his power that attracts the attention of humans to his word or to his purpose. So according to God, when God is doing something, it's nothing extraordinary. To us, a miracle of God is extraordinary and supernatural. But to God, it's just simply a divine display of his power that attracts the attention of humans to his word and or his purpose. That's what to a miracle is. You know, the God we serve is a God of miracles. How many of you have seen or experienced a miracle in your life? So many of us have seen a miracle. You know, it's like uh, I've always grown up, uh, I was hoping for a miracle, the miracle of Jesus coming back immediately when I was in school because I would get punished literally every day. Every day I would get punished in school. There was like uh, layers of punishment. You know, it's like your teacher would punish you. Then the teachers, when I came to ninth grade, I don't know, something became cool about the teachers. They would say the statement. They'd be like, those who do not want to stay in this class can leave. I'm like, sure, I'd get up and leave. <laughs> and, they, and then the teacher are like, what do you think you're doing? I'm like, you just said those who don't want to stay can leave. I was leaving. You were just kidding about that? Like, that, you weren't real. Like, because in India, no kid is going to walk out, okay? But I was that kid. I was, I was ready to be Americanized in India. I was like, thank you for this freedom. I was ready to walk out, but my teacher was not happy about it. Then they would send me to the headmaster. The headmaster is, is the, the, the second highest authority in the school, and then it's the principal. So the headmaster we had is Mr. Fernandez. He was just a very strict guy, okay? He'd, uh, he was a left-handed guy, so it's just uh, uh, when, when he would spank you with the, with the bamboo cane, he would use his left hand. So we would, I'd always, like, when I know I've caused some problem, I'd immediately carry a wallet. Like, when I was a kid, I'd carry a wallet with no money in it. It's just the wallet is for safety reasons. I'd carry two. It's just at the back because when I go, and my, and my headmaster's like, it feels like something. You're, you have something. I'm like, no, sir, nothing. It's just nothing. And then, uh, then he'd, uh, if you were even worse, you would go to the principal's office. Now, the principal was a little more stricter. He was a right-handed guy, and he could reach you really well. He was a really tall guy. And then he had a bunch of sticks in the corner of his office. And when you walk in, the moment you walk in, he knows he knows, it's like, ah, it's John. He was like, John, just pick whichever one you want. Like, you could, you could choose the stick you want. Uh, then he like, just, just, like, let's not even have this conversation. Like, why are we even talking? Like, I know why you're here. You know why I'm here. And, you know, every year, the, the worst thing that could happen is you go to the principal. If you get punished by the principal, there's a page in your diary. So the school would give every student a diary. And in the first, second page, there'd be, three columns, they would have three sections and only three remarks that you can get from the principal. And if you get it, all three filled, you would get expelled from the school. You could never come back to school. What I would do is every year, mine would get filled every time. So what I do every year, the, the school year, the moment every school had them for some reason, they all spoke to each other. So they all had them. So the moment I get my diary, I tear that page 
I'd immediately tear that page, and then there would be a page that's attached to it on the other side. I would tear that too, so it's like there's nothing there. So when I go to the principal's office and I get punished, the principal would be like, where's that page? I'm like, sir, it's not there. I have no idea. They didn't print them in my, my diary. They didn't print them. He said, how come the whole school has it except you? I'm like, yeah, that's the medical. <laughs> it's like, it's like, but when I would go to the principal's office, the thing was my parents, this is how my parents would know if I was bad in school, is they would always ask for my diary. They'd be like, so did the principal write any remark? I'm like, nope. Take a look. In the second page, there is no remark. So my parents would be like, there's no remark. It's there. It's just a couple of pages in. It's, it's in very uh, bold red letters my principal wrote. But my parents would never see it. But the thing was, every time I would go to the principal's office, I would always say this prayer, Jesus, come back right now. Just take us to your kingdom. Like I would always pray for the second coming of Jesus. Because if Jesus comes back, then I don't have to get punished by the principal. I don't have to have a remark and then get punished again at home. Why all this double punishment? It just, just come back, Lord. Take us to your kingdom. I am ready. <laughs> I wasn't ready, but I was just hoping, you know, at least my principal would go to heaven. <laughs> I, would, I would stay back on earth and cause some mess. But that was my hope. But I've prayed for Jesus to come back more as a high school kid than as a pastor, you know? It's like, because every day I would get punished. Every day as I'm walking to the principal's office, and Jesus, if you would come back today, it would just be so good. I genuinely prayed for that miracle, but it never happened, okay? So I'm here with you guys now praying for a miracle. <laughs> it's like, the God we serve is a God of miracles. He does miracles, but the thing is, he doesn't do miracles just to make us look cool or just so that you can make a statement to your neighbors. Like you're like, God, I'm praying for a miracle that my neighbor's leg will break. Like that's not a miracle. That just, if God does that, it's accidentally your neighbor slipped and fell or you threw a banana peel on the floor to help with a miracle. You can't say that's God, okay? That's not how God does it. The God we serve is a God of miracles. This is what the Bible says. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among people. The miracles that God does is so that people can see who God is. It's so that people can be drawn to God. It's not just so that you can look cool or something. It has nothing to do with that. Miracles are about God, and it is to show people that he's a God of miracles. Um, Job chapter 5, verse 9, the Bible says this. Job chapter 5, verse 9. He performs wonders or miracles that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. God does miracles that have no count. You know, one of the things that we have in our life is, is a couple questions. I just want to read some of the questions that I wrote down that people always ask. How come people in other countries see the move of God or see miracles? How many of you have asked that question? Like, how come they see those miracles in other countries? We never see to see them, okay? How come we don't see the move of God like we used to? You know, when you talk to older Christians, they always have this question. How come we don't see the miracles of God like we used to? Or how come miracles are not normal nowadays? How come God uses me in mission trips, but not in my home church? Like, I go on a mission trip, God's using me to do all kinds of miracles. I come back home, and I'm not seeing anything. It's like, yeah, okay. It's just, America is created in such a way that God is really not all that important, okay? God is not really valuable. It's like everybody who came to church today, we made a decision to go to church and, and, and sort of place God first. But we can also make a choice to go on a vacation or to put God second or just to sleep in our house and to watch God from, from, from the bed. Like today, I'll just watch from the bed. It's fine. And then most of us who watch from the bed usually turn it off, okay? We're like, hmm, 
We're like, the, the service will be running. We never really pay attention. God is not really very important in our life. It's like he's secondary because anytime you have a problem, you don't really go to God first. You can go to anything else. If you have a physical problem, you go to the doctor. Even if you don't have money, you can still go to the doctor in America versus in India, you can't just go to the hospital if you don't have money. They'll send you back home, okay? They're not going to do anything for you. So if you go to the hospital and it's going to cost you um, $200 but to do some kind of a, uh, any kind of a test, the doctor is going to say, you need to pay $175 right now before we even do any of the tests. Then you pay $25 after we do all the tests. So it's like you're not getting anywhere. It's like, so if you don't have money, you will not get any kind of treatment or any kind of thing. Like if we don't have food in America, we have all these different avenues to get food. We have uh, places that, that, that are food pantries. We have different things. You can, you can get something without really much of God's help in our life. So what has happened is in America, God is really secondary. It's when everything else fails, we come to God. But in other countries, God is first and then everything else shows up. God is not second. So that's why we don't see so many miracles in God because you have to believe and give God an opportunity in your life to see the miracles. The number one uh, thing to see miracles is giving God an opportunity. If you never give him an opportunity, he's never showing up in your life. You have to give God an opportunity and believe in God. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, the Bible says, you know, those who believe, it's that God, God does miracles in their life. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said unto them, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. So if you are able to believe in God doing a miracle in your life, then God does it because you are giving him an opportunity to be God in your life. We almost never give God an opportunity to be God in our life. It's not, it's nothing bad, you know, it's just, we just have made it a habit in our life to have God secondary because there's so many circumstances where we don't really need God, where we don't really have a need to really trust God so much, where as, as people in our country, we're so used to God being second. And then and slowly, slowly, you know, God's like, third and God's fourth and and they say like the another couple more years they they believe that the teenagers and young people who are watching their parents place God second and third will not even have God anywhere in their life why because here's here's an example you know when uh, the, that I was reading online there was a big uh, article that they wrote they said when parents place God second and third like if you're like you know what we don't need to go to church today we really don't need to do this today because god is second and third then the kids all of a sudden you're like we need to do this for god and the kids are like oh i thought god was secondary i thought god's not important so then they end up changing and then then over time they don't understand god is very very important you have to place god first to see the miracles of god in your life and and and, and nothing bad about our country our country is great it's actually the best country in the world you could ever live at but but the thing is because we have so much available to us god is becoming less and less important so as as christians it's very important you need to believe and give god opportunity so when you have opportunities in your life to give god and an, an, a, a place in your life to do a miracle you should just let god be god in your life the thing is trust the word of god and do what he says to see the miracle matthew chapter 24 verse 35 the bible says this the world and all its things will pass away my word will not pass away luke chapter 5 verse 5 
Simon Peter is in, in a fishing boat and he's throwing out this net all through the night he's fished and he's done for the morning and, and he says, going back and Jesus says, hey, throw the line on the other side. It's like, what? I've been throwing it on this side. You just want me to throw it five feet over on this side and suddenly I'm gonna be successful. What kind of stupid suggestion is that? Like, no, I'm not doing that. It's like, I am fine. It's like, it's just, it's not gonna work. But he says, the, Simon Peter says this, at your word, I will drop down the net. At some point, you have to allow God's word to, to show up and do some miracles in your life. The thing is, God's word, if you don't listen to it and don't allow it into your life more and more, what happens is it's just like, that just really sounds dumb. So I've been throwing my net on the left. Now you just want me to throw it on the right. And suddenly, there's going to be a miracle. Sure. Sure, there's going to be. Like, you know, that's what our thought would be. But if you would just trust the word of God, then automatically God will do some great things in and through your life. Luke chapter 1 verse 37, it says, For with God, nothing is impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. God, if he says to do something and you do it, then there's nothing that's impossible. The passage that I chose for the God of miracles is over here in, in 2 Kings chapter 6. You know, I could choose any passage from the New Testament. It's, got, it's filled with all kinds of miracles. But my favorite passage on miracle is, is in, Luke, in 2 Kings chapter 6. It says this in verse 1 to verse 7. And the sons of the prophet said to Elijah, See now, the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make a place where we shall dwell. So he answered, go. And then one said, please consent to go with your servant. And he said, I'll go. Then he went with them and they came down to Jordan and they cut down the trees. But as one was cutting down the tree, the iron axe fell into the water and he cried out and said, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place and he cut off the stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. There... He picked, up, he picked it up and for yourself, and he reached out to his hand and took it up. Oh, here's a crazy story of a prophet, a bunch of prophets hanging out, and they're cutting some wood, and then and while they're cutting a wood, one of the guys, his axe head, so he's having this big axe. I thought I'll have an axe on the stage. It's just nowadays, you know, people panic about all kinds of stuff. I didn't want to panic you guys. Like, what is pastor doing with an axe? <laughs> so I did think of you guys. I did bring it. <laughs> so um, then I thought I'll just bring an axe head. Nobody had just an axe head. Uh, it was like the whole thing or nothing. So so that now you just had a picture, an uh, axe, and an axe head. Okay, so back in the days, the axe head was just something that, that was attached to the stick, and it was, there was a, there was a leather uh, strap that was tied to it. And so the more you use it, the loose it would get and it, it could fly out, okay? And so it could, uh, it could hurt people or it could just come off the handles. So over here what happens is as he's cutting this tree, the ax head flies off the handle and it goes into the river and it falls in there. And the guy shows up to the prophet and says, listen, the ax head fell in the water, please. It was borrowed. I just really need it. You have to understand, the coolest story about this is no matter how big or small your problem is, remember, God cares about you. To this guy, his hack said was very important. He had borrowed it. To somebody else, it's just an accent. You're like, it's just an accent. Who cares? Leave it in the water. Let it be. Like, so whatever problems you're going through is a very big problem for you. To somebody else, it might not be a big problem. And the, the thing to understand is to God, it's very, very important. Your problem is very important to him. 
He wants to hear your problem and he wants to answer your problems and give an answer to it because to him, he understands how important it is to you. To somebody else, it's just an accent. But to, to the person who lost the accent, he's trying to figure out, back in those days, they said that this accent would have cost almost uh, like a year's wages for a prophet to be able to get an axe head. It was a lot of money for him. He didn't have that money. So, so he comes to the prophet and says, hey, listen, the axe head fell in the water. I didn't know what he was thinking. He just, I don't know if he thought Elisha knew how to swim. He was like, just go dive in the water and just bring it back. Like I would do that because I didn't know how to swim really well. And if I knew that there was a river and it's a little deep, I'm asking somebody else to swim. I'm asking my wife or my kids, somebody else swim. I am not swimming in there because I'm not a swimmer like that, okay? I can't tread water. And uh, the deeper the water is, the more dangerous it is for me. So, so somebody who knows how to swim is getting pushed in. Unvoluntarily or voluntarily, they're getting volunteered. <laughs> just, uh, just a slight tap and they're in there. Like, go get my accent. Because, you know, it's like that. That's how it is. But this guy shows up and he, and he tells the prophet, hey, listen, the axe head was borrowed and it's in the water. And, and, and he is asking God to intervene. He goes up to the prophet and he's like, you know, I just, I know you do all these miracles and I, I need a miracle in my life. I just, I need that thing back. And he's never seen it before. And then the prophet, the Bible says, just took a little stick. Many of us are wondering what kind of stick was that? I just need to throw that same stick so that the metal will float. We don't know what that stick was. Some people were trying to give all kinds of great meanings, understandings to it. All it is is there was an ax head that fell in. They didn't say what kind of stick he threw in there. The miracle is not the stick. Some of us are like, what was that tree that got thrown in? If we could only find that tree, you know, we could make a lot of things float. Like a lot of stuffs could be floating. I'd be out there in, in Michigan with, that, with a bunch of those sticks, throwing them in there and, and making all these ships float. It's like, no, the miracle is not the stick. The miracle is that the ax head would float. He just threw a stick in there. Who knows why he threw it in there, but he threw a stick in there and the ax head would float. Like, I don't know why Elisha threw the stick in there. Like, that's the whole crazy part about God. God says something even crazier and you're like, imagine the prophet's like, the guy is like, hey, listen, Elijah, my accent fell in. And he's like, yeah, sure, hold on. Let me go cut a stick out there. Like, what are you doing? Like, just cutting a branch. And then he just comes back to the river and just throws it in there. And he's like, okay, it's right there. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, just randomly just throwing a stick in there. And then the accent floats. Start to finish, you need to be involved. You need to be involved in, in, in everything. It's like, he goes and he asks for help. And then he's there in this help, and then the axe head floats, and Elisha says, I need you to reach out and grab the axe head. And then he reaches out. Start to finish. Many of us will ask for a miracle, but we just want it handed in our hand. Like, Lord, you did miracles so far. Just give it in my hand, in my hand. Have you ever had a kid who's just thrown a tantrum, and then you're like, then you're like okay, fine, I'll... I'll help you. And they're like, but just give it in my hand. It's like, no, at least you come here and take this. No, just give it to me. Like, why can't you come and take it? I'm doing all this for you. Like, no, just give it in my hand. It's like, no, that's how. Sometimes we behave like a little child. Okay, if you're asking for a miracle, you have to do what God is asking you. God's saying, hey, would you reach out? It's like, no, I don't want to reach out. You already made the ax head come out. Why can't it just float into my hands? Just why can't it just go back into the stick, the handle? That'll be a bigger miracle. Uh, no, that's you being lazy, okay? That's not a miracle, okay? It's the miracle is the accent came up. Then you can just grab it. You know, there's some stuff you can do. 
Some things God does that you can't do. One of the miracles in my life, when I look back, me and my wife were in northern India, and we had this car. It's a really nice car. You know, it was just a little bit of rust on the outside all over. And uh, they had, somebody started the work of trying to clean the car up, but they, they didn't get to it, so it was like half-finished uh, car. And then there was like a little bit of a spot which was open so I could see the floor. You know, usually it helps me to see it down and up is what it was. <laughs> so it's like if I ran over something, I could see what it was. <laughs> it's like there's a little hole where, where I would sit. And then this car had a problem. We never know what the problem was, okay? Uh, we had just got married and we had got this car. Uh, we had used everything that we had and we bought this car. And then the thing was this car, every time you come to a stoplight, would just turn off. Now, I don't know anything about cars. My wife doesn't know anything about cars. So we didn't know anything else. So what we would do is, in the middle of the traffic, like in India, there's a lot of traffic, okay? Imagine like a crazy rush hour in Milwaukee to 50 times more than that is India on a regular day. That's not even rush hour. That's just regular traffic. So that's how the regular traffic's going on. And then in the middle of that, the car just dies. And people honk. In India, they like to express their opinions immediately. <laughs> so everybody would honk. And me and my wife, we would just put our hand on the dashboard and we'd just pray over it. Jesus, make it start. <laughs> but every time, the car would start. <laughs> every time. And we just would be like, God, can't you just like, you know, make this like a continuous prayer? Like you answer it the moment the car stops. Just keep it in a, like a deposit up there. And you just like, ah, the car stopped. Why do I have to pray every time? Just make it start. Why don't you not make it stop in the first place? You know, but God would do that every time at the stoplight. So it was like, it wasn't a fun car to drive, but that was all we had. So we would pray over it. And then we had three days. Fast forward, we're, I graduated Bible college. We have three days to leave the, the state and we're going to go to a different state and fly to America. And so now we had to sell our car. So when I went to sell the car, I had to go to the people who sold the car to me and said, hey, could you give me the papers? They're like, listen, John, we have to tell you the truth. This car was stolen. Like, we didn't know it was stolen. We bought it from a person who stole it, and they don't have papers. So I was like, okay, that's good news. You know, it's like now we have this car that was stolen that I don't have any papers for. I have three days, and, uh, and I need that money. And I was like, okay, fine. And I needed this money to, to ship all my stuffs from, from one state to another and, 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 and send them in a truck. And so I was really worried. And I remember going to church on Sunday, and we got done with church on Sunday. And I drove to this trucking place, and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do. When I drove up to the trucking place on Sunday to ship all my things, so it's like whatever I could ship, I was going to try to ship. And I would get there, the whole place was closed. They were closed on a Sunday. And I was like, God, oh, this is not good. So you know, my immediate thought was I was going to leave everything on the side of the road and tell my wife, you know, they lost it somewhere. <laughs> Everything's lost, babe. I have no idea where it is. I was, then, then you can tell her when we are in America, you know what, I actually left it on the side of the road. So I didn't know what to do. I was like, what am I going to do? So as I'm praying, as I'm, and I'm in this location for all these trucking companies, God's like, God's asking me to go over to this one trucking place. And I walk over to that place, and there's this security guy standing in front of this building. And he looks at me, and he says, hey, I'm going to have a conversation with him, just trying to find out why everything's closed on a Sunday. And he was like, no, nothing's open on Sunday. And then he's like, well, where are you guys going? And I was like, the city I'm going. He's like, we've been waiting for you since morning. And I'm like, for me? He was like, yeah, you called and booked the truck, and the truck's waiting right there. It's all paid for. It's like uh, they came and did everything, and we're waiting for you. The boss opened our place just for you, just, just for me. Sure, sure, I called you yesterday. Let's go for this. <laughs> I just load all my stuff into this truck that's going to my city. 
I have no idea how, but I'm like, sure, we'll load everything. It's better than just leaving it on the side of the road. And, uh, and, 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 and I just loaded everything in the truck, and I'm driving back. Now I've still got this stolen car <laughs> that I'm driving. I have no idea what I'm going to do with this car. So my best option was the day before we fly out of that state, we just park it on the side of the road and leave it. Somebody who stole it before would steal it again. <laughs> and it can keep this trend going on. We'll just leave the keys this time and everything for them, and uh, they could just, uh, just use it. You know, is what I was thinking. So as I was driving to the house, my wife calls me up and says, could you get some diapers for, for our kid? So my son was like a year old. So I stop over at this store. So in India, they have stores one after the other next to each other. And right next to this place I stopped, where to get some diapers. The store next to it was a mechanic store. They had just repaired cars and stuff. It was a small store. So I'm at the store getting some diapers, and there's another guy walking out of that store to my car, and he's walking around my car. And I'm like, oh, okay, he's checking it out. And then, then I walk up to my car, and we're having a conversation, and he says, are you selling the car? I was like, as a matter of fact, yes, I am selling this car. And he's like, can I drive the car? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, the car is facing a hoppel. And I know there's a stoplight a little bit up there. This car is going to stop, and he's not going to pray. <laughs> it's not going to start, and this guy's not going to buy the car. So I'm like, ah. So I, I just put my hand on the car as he's trying to get in the car. I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm praying over the car. Jesus, make this car not stop. Please, I need to sell this car. So then, then the guy drives the car, turns around, comes back, and he's like, I like it. And he's like, I own this mechanic store here. I like it. I'm like, what kind of mechanic are you that you don't know this car has all these problems? Is what I'm thinking. I'm not going to say it. I'm like, sure, sure, you want to buy the car. As you're walking into the mechanic store, the Lord is like, just tell him the truth about the car. I'm like, sure, I'm not going to get anything now. And I walk in and I tell the guy, listen, this car has a problem. Uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, I see. So it has some mechanical issues. I said, no, 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 there's a bigger issue. I don't have any papers. The guy I bought it from bought it from someone who stole it from someone, okay? I, I just, I, I can't, I can't get any papers. But I know the person who sold it to me, if you want to work on it, because I have to leave the state uh, in another day, and then I'm flying out to another state and then leaving the country. So I don't have any kind of way to help you. And the guy's like, what city is it from? And I told him which city. He's like, oh, don't worry, I have friends, and my brother lives out there. I have family out there. I'll get the papers myself. I'm like, sure, sure. You're going to buy a stolen car. And then, so then I just leave it to him to give the price. I'm like, you know what? At this point, whatever he gives is okay. And then he offers the same amount that I bought the car from. And I'm like, sure, I'll take that money. And then I take the car in absolute shock that God would do a miracle. You know, when you say miracle, that's what a miracle is. Where it doesn't make any kind of sense. Where it's like, no, 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 I was actually planning on stopping this car on the side of the road and just walking away. I actually told the guy, no, the car is stolen. I don't have any papers. And he's like, still like, no, I'll take it. I'll find the papers. If I have a problem, I'll call you. He's never called. It's been quite a few years now. <laughs> it's been like 15 years. So I'm guessing he got the papers. But, but whatever, you know, God always shows up because he cares about you and your problem. If it's a problem in your personal life, if it's a problem in your school, it's a problem in your family, a problem in your marriage, a problem with your child, to everybody else it might not seem big or you know, important, but to you it's, it's important. And to God it's very important because it's important to you. Because God cares about what you care about. That's what miracles is about. So I want to encourage you, church. God can change your circumstance. 
No matter who can change it or not, God can change your circumstance. The Bible says this, Matthew chapter 19, verse 26. With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I don't know what it is that man is saying is not possible, but God's saying all things are possible with God. With man, it's like, ah, I don't know. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of issues. This is not going to happen. But God says all things are possible with God. Whatever issue, whatever circumstance you're going through in your life, I want to encourage you, would you allow God to make it possible? I don't know what's troubling you. I don't know what the axe head is in your life. To you, it's, it's important. It's a borrowed axe head. To you, you know how much of a problem you have to go through to return that accent back. To you, it's a big issue. To others, it's just a little accent. Come on, you can buy another one. You can, you can work, you can go talk to them. And you're like, no, 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 I need God to show up. Would you stand with me, church? I want to encourage you, church. God is a God of miracles. In my life, there's so many times where God's done great miracles in my life. But one of the ones that always stayed in my mind was the car. Because to me, it was next to impossible. There was no way a mechanic was going to buy the car for the price I bought it for and a car that was stolen without any paperwork and still say, yes, yes, I'm buying the car. I was like, it does not make any kind of sense. With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. I don't know what that impossible circumstance or situation is in your life. But would you allow God to intervene in that circumstance? I really believe our God is a God of miracle. It could be a sickness in your body. And the doctors are like, you know what? There is no cure for this sickness. But with God, all things are possible. There could be, you're at a job and you're like, I have no idea how I'm going to get this job. You know, one of the coolest Miracles is me getting even this job. I didn't have a lot of the things that by our AG standards that I'm supposed to have. I didn't even have the license to be a pastor of, of an AG church. So, but they still gave it. They gave it and, they, and this is what they said. If God's called you, everything will come together. Everything else will fall together. And, and I was so worried. I was like, God, I don't know. I don't, know if, if, I don't know how this is going to happen or I don't know how that's going to happen. But, but if you would just trust God and just say, God, you know what? Just be God in my life. Here's the situation. It's too big for me, but it's nothing for you. I want you to show up in my life. Would you take a minute and just bring it to God's presence this morning? What is it that you need to bring to God's presence? And leave it at his feet and say, God... Here is my impossible situation. God, I've, I've not had you as God in my life for a long time. I've, I've tried to do things with my own strength. Today, I've, I'm just asking, would you be God? Would you just take charge? I want to give you an opportunity in my life. I want to believe that you're able to do great and unsearchable things. That no matter how small my problem might look to everybody else but it's disturbing my sleep it's disturbing my peace it's disturbing my relationships it's disturbing my family I need your help in my life God I pray as your word says in Psalm 77 verse 14 
You are the God of miracles. And in Job it says you do great miracles that are not even, that we are not even able to count God. I pray this week that you would be the God of miracle and show up in an impossible situation, in an impossible circumstance, in the life of these people so that this journey with you would, would completely change God. You're the God who changes our circumstance. I pray this week, God, even today, that you would change some circumstance, change some situations, turn some things around in the lives of the people. And as your word says, now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and love of God our Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us both now and forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. If you need somebody to pray for you, feel free to come on.